Hello and welcome to episode 14 of The Break. Thank you guys for listening. And this is kind of a part two of our episode. This is going to be our East check-in halfway point. Uh, Our first two episodes we did East and West predictions. And last week, if you listened, that was our West. So now we're covering the East. And I am Megan Engels. And joining me, as always, is Phil Boileau and Justin Rowan. How are you guys doing? A.K.A. the East Siders. Yeah, actually. <laughs> that was one of the worst Snoop Dogg <laughs> references I think I could have ever made on a podcast. Yeah, but you still made one, which is a bit of an upset, so I appreciate that. I would just suggest, <laughs> Phil, maybe people. never try and quote Snoop Dogg or make references. That would be my general advice to you. Or do. Like, I think the material that provides That's us true. with. Like, I, I'm all on board for yeah. that. I mean, I it's I at really his like expense, the... of course. Is what you mean. But to be fair, I think most of the show is at my expense, but... That is true. Have you, have you guys heard um, people reading Snoop Dogg lyrics in a British accent with, like, some really formal... No. It's amazing. I, I was really... If we're talking about references and uh, impersonations and stuff like that, you almost should have gone, like, Jay Leno with that. Like, have you guys heard about this thing? This thing right here? Have you heard about this? This thing? You, that's OJ. that's how you should introduce uh, no yeah. I'm gonna like, add onto things and say Justin maybe you also shouldn't do Jay Leno impressions oh no 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 I I am um, there's no part of me that thinks that anything <laughs> I do is good I'm Justin with his giant chin that makes me happy oh yeah I'm all about the giant appendages but uh, do we want to yeah, get this moving I think you guys are scaring people <laughs> that's, that's very likely all right, so let's talk about people who aren't very scary, or maybe sometimes they are, and let's go with the rookies. Uh, we're talking about your predictions from the beginning of the season, who you guys thought would be top rookie, and let's see how they have held up halfway through the season. Justin, we'll try and see if you can guess all of your previous uh, predictions. Let's see if you can do cool. as good as you did last week. Yeah, I'm considerably more sober than I was last week so I, I think that's going to affect my memory. <laughs> In a worse way. You have to, yeah, you, you have to get back into the state yeah. that you were in when you're making those predictions but um, I'm going to say my rookie was Ben yeah. Simmons. So I, I, there's, there's no Got one else it. that I, I would have picked. Got it. Correct. Yeah, I think Phil? I think I was the same thing. I may have been pulled the faults but yeah. I think... Of course you pulled the faults. Let's be real. Did I? Yeah, of course you did. Oh, of course. You were I also really <laughs> asking how many games, like, oh, like, trying to take, like, who are you talking about? Like, trying to make Embiid. You're like, oh, how many games does it classify to be a rookie? And you're really trying to pull some weird. Yeah, you're he trying was, to pull some weird really shit trying there. To, oh. <laughs> I wanted. To yeah, I remember getting upset about that. I remember getting upset that you were trying to sandwich Embiid into another. Yeah, he was like, I mean, does anybody know, like, really how many games? Can't we just throw him in this year? And you were just like, no. Like, he shouldn't have been in last year's because he played so few games. (laughs) And, like, now he's played a season. Uh, Like, that's just so frustrating. I think. I'm trying to think. Didn't you try to get Jonathan Isaac? Yeah, I didn't even write that down because I just thought that was. Yeah. He definitely threw yeah. that in there. Oh, look at this memory. Look at this memory, though. So, Jonathan <laughs> Isaac, hopefully he's not turning into my new Anthony Randolph. For those who have been following me for, for a while, I'm always a fan of those 6'11 small forwards who can do everything, and like the Perry Jones of the world. And I've fallen on my face pretty hard with a bunch of them, but I still have faith for Jonathan Isaac. 
not know. I, I like Isaac, too. He looked good before getting hurt. But uh, Megan, want to continue the ship? Yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel? I guess you'd probably stick with Ben Simmons. I feel like that's pretty much the best bet. I don't see that changing. But Maybe how do you... Tatum, if you want to get real creative. I mean, he's probably the only one in the East that's kind of stepped up on that level. Um, how well he's played. Like, I... I, I, I well, I guess I have to switch because Fultz probably isn't having a comeback at this point. But um, yeah, um, I think Justin was right. I think Simmons has to be there. He's just so above and he has a little bit more of a prominent role than Tatum does. So all things considered. But Tatum is, uh, hated me to this too. I was so down on Tatum. <laughs> I remember. Th- He's so good though. He's so talented. And I, I, I mean, the biggest surprise coming into this season and he made a lot of people look wrong just because of the fact that he has that outside shot. Like that was one of the biggest questions for him. And, uh, he, he has hit a bit of a rookie wall. His volume's gone up a little bit and his efficiency's gone down. So he's no longer the most efficient shooter in NBA history. Like he was for the first few months of the season. Uh, but he's just, he's such a talented player. He's ahead of the curve defensively, uh, good rebounder, and he just fits perfectly into that Boston system. Are you guys surprised? he's going to be a modern four going forward, actually, because every time I look at him, I really don't believe the 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he looks 6'10", six, 6'11", six, to me on a lot of days. Anyways. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know about that. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I can see him playing like the four going forward if he puts on 20 pounds. He's got a good frame for it. I was, I was wondering, are you guys surprised by Ben Simmons? Like, obviously, it was predicted that he was going to be a very good rookie, but I feel like he seems to me that he's been in the league longer than a rookie. Like, I don't feel like he comes across like that. Right? Well, that, that was part of my reasoning why I thought he'd be rookie of the year, because the advantage of going from college straight into the NBA versus sitting in film rooms, working with NBA trainers. Even if you can't do everything, you're still getting that, that world-class uh, physical therapy. Uh, you're going through all those film sessions. The game is going to seem slower to you than it would if you're coming directly from college, just because you've had that opportunity to analyze film. And when you have a, a player like Simmons who just has all this natural talent and vision uh, just right off naturally, uh, giving him that head start, it, it just it isn't fair for anybody else. But, I mean, those are the rules that are in place. And it, it was very similar to how Blake Griffin came out onto yeah, the scene after he had a year I just off. don't feel that rookie swag from him. Like, he feels like he's been around for a little bit longer he doesn't no. come across well, he's as also nervous been coached and... by lebron james yeah. for a couple of years too right like he's had a lot of really good tutelage if we'll use that word between brett brown awesome coach great system allowing him to develop obviously the trainer is getting them in a great shape he looks fantastic although i've got to say the most impressive thing for me is not everything we've said it's his ability to just finish at the rim at the rate he's doing when everyone knows that's what he's going to do like I always think right. I always think the mark of a great player is he's gonna do something, you know he's gonna do something, and you can't do anything about it. It's kinda like Steph Curry that way, right? You, you look, he can do a lot of things on the court, but you know generally how his offense is gonna come through. But you can't do anything about it. That's pretty high praise, I would say, especially for a rookie. Well the thing is Oh, absolutely. And, and that's it's 
it's something that took Giannis ages to figure out. Like, Giannis was considerably more raw. That's that's why he slipped in the draft rather than Ben Simmons, who, who went first overall there. Um, but, like, Simmons has managed to overcome a lot of those same limitations to his game. And I don't know if he's ever going to become a, a shooter from the outside. I think Giannis is a little more advanced than I would expect Simmons to be. I don't know be. if he needs but, to. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily need to. Like, you can certainly build a system around it and it's not like he's a point guard that can't shoot where you you had that size disadvantage uh and, and teams can really game plan like when you're that height you have that those ball handling skills and that vision as a passer uh he can just finish over anybody uh he he has all the tools to be successful and uh the tools to to really make an impact on the defensive end the only thing i will say though is that while he doesn't need that outside shot, shooting 56% from the free throw line, I think ultimately could be a cap on him. Um, because yeah, he's got to change his shooting hand. Because teams uh, will he's, foul he's... him on purpose, and a team and, and a player like this needs to be on the court for this team to be successful. So it's a bit of that DeAndre Jordan kind of bit, but it's a point guard. If he can bring that up to mid-70s or something, then I think we'll see an overly destructive game. Uh, but listen... It's still his first. He, he's right-handed. He's right-handed. He hasn't figured it out yet. Uh, he's going to come into next season shooting right-handed. I guarantee you. And if he can do that and improve on the rest and continue to improve on his feel, his body, and all the rest, I don't think. Look, I, look we we both agree that Tatum has far surpassed expectations, but Ben Simmons is a special player who, with all the injuries, could have easily been a substitute for the All-Star team, and I don't think too many people would have argued that. Can we, before we move on to the next topic, we need to talk about just his awful nicknames on Basketball Reference. Like, first of all, when you have five nicknames, that's that's just too much. Like, that means you don't give have me a your, good one. Give me it, your it's worst, like, the best of the worst. Uh, like, out yeah. of these? I, I could Which just one's go your all, favorite all or over least them favorite? all. Like, okay, so we got French, uh, Fresh Prince. We got Benny. The Yank. I like the Yank no, a little bit. No, I don't bit like just the because... Yank. Weird creeps me out. Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess the fellas like the Yank a little more. That's Big true. Big Ben and the yeah. Wizard of Oz. Okay, Wizard of Oz, the I Wizard hate. Wizard of Oz isn't bad. No, I hate that. Wizard of Oz isn't... It, it, Wizard of Oz would be better if instead of OZ, it was AUS uh, for Australia. Oh, but, um, look at the other... pun master. Right, like that. That, but it's I not. Think I guess work. it's no point. But if you have five yeah. nicknames, it means you don't have any nickname. Like that. That's what it really comes down to. Fresh Prince Benny is just terrible. All right. like, that's like, like almost zero imagination. That is good. Yeah. That's, Speaking of nicknames, uh, several of, well, either of these people could soon be nicknamed MVP. Oh, how do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah that's right um all right mvp Ugh, do we even have to ask justin who he guessed yeah, <laughs> sorry a little bit louder yeah, it was lebron, <laughs> yeah. LeBron James. i mean yeah. lebron chased down blocked his overall uh chances of being mvp this year uh, he's just been awful since he turned 33 years old um, which, I mean, it's a credit to him that when he plays like crap, people think that there's a, a motivation behind it. And there certainly could be. He may be uh, protesting, trying to get a trade done. But I, I think it's it, we've reached the point where he has slipped as a player. 
Uh, he's he's a good help defender. He's not a good individual defender, and even when he wants to be, he's not able to do that over the course of a game. Um, I I think it's officially time that we move on from calling him the best player in the league. I, I think Durant has passed him this year. Is that so? Would that be who you would pick at the halfway point for your? MV- oh, well, no, sorry. I picked James sorry, Harden yeah. for sorry, MVP. For like, East. LeBron's still my MVP yeah. of the East because the East is still LeBron's just a nightmare. LeBron's still your MVP uh, for the East? Really? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Justin, you almost yeah. had me. I thought you were going to change your tune a little bit. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm don't still Don't you get right. me wrong. <laughs> I actually, I, um, weirdly enough in that, think DeMar DeRozan's a dark horse. Thank you. Absolutely. If we're and, just and talking about the East. If we're just talking about the East. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can At we can still do that, that, but like I'm I'm talking to, I'm talking about how LeBron can't be an impact defender anymore, but he can still be a, a good help defender and things like that. But like it, now, if all of a sudden we're going to DeRozan, like DeRozan's just, like he's been a little bit better this year, but still on average he's a terrible defender. Um, and there's still just such a gap in production. Like, bad for LeBron is he's shooting 54.5%. But it's not MVP of defenders, so that's not... Well, no, but we're talking about overall impact, and LeBron's offensive numbers, which are down, he's still shooting, like, 55% from the floor and 35% from three. DeRozan's DeRozan's having career years, and he's shooting 47% and 33%. (laughs) Like, those numbers are still way down. He doesn't get as many assists. He doesn't get as many rebounds or as many points as sufficiently. So, um, as great of a story as DeRozan's been, and... Well, Does MVP I not have a little do, bit of a we, story about hang, it? it? I mean, it has a little bit of a story about that, but I think still think it needs to be overall value. And when you look at the Cavs, who are somehow third in the East with this awful roster, um, I, I think that there's some value to that, whereas the Raptors go like 12, 13. So was, well, you're do, we have, do, do, do we do move most improved player? Because I want to go on a little bit of a rant if we have it. We... Did not, but maybe you can throw that in can. with the surprise team. My DeMar DeRozan, I'm doing okay. it now. DeMar DeRozan is my most improved player in the NBA. You can come at me with Victor Oladipo, and I get it. It's a great story. He's shooting the lights out. Uh, he's been efficient, but I, I think a lot of that is just him moving to a situation where he can be the number one guy. Got to give him a lot of credit, but I think it's fallen off. DeRozan has dealt with the Raptors have dealt with Lowry falling off mm-hmm. a little bit this year. DeRozan's rounded out his game. Uh, he's got the the three point shot, which is respectable enough where opponents have to uh, like honor it and, and come out there. I to me right now, I think he's made the most improvement, even though it's just within the market. Well, would you even say that the whole Raptors' thing would be because our next kind of category was top contenders and surprise team? And I mean, I just go back to the uh-huh. one game with basically when the whole Raptors bench was facing off against the Cavs, and everyone's making jokes like Cavs players are looking like who who are any of these people? I've never seen these people in my life. I'd say that's a pretty big. Mm-hmm surprise if you're you know having players just all off the bench and they're performing for you better against you know yep. one of the top teams in the east well i mean at that point at that <laughs> point they were coming coming back up but i right. think that's a big yeah. surprise um that wasn't what you guys picked the beginning do you remember your picks for sort of surprise team top contenders who you think would was gonna make some moves i guess phil said philly nope uh, man, 
Oh, he didn't. Not okay, Philly. Phil, what what do you think you picked? I think I had to have picked the Bucks. Yeah. Did I? Tall, lanky guys. <laughs> Always going that way. Did I actually don't really remember mine, but I'm going to say, did I pick yeah. Detroit? I feel like got it. Ooh. I did pick Detroit. <laughs> and this is even before they got Blake Griffin. Yeah, I was I was wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Griffin. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? By the way, I still can't. Uh, believe I'm most shocked by his that like I found out on Twitter like to me that's I mean I know this is a thing that seems to be happening more and more like this is the most I've ever heard players be like hey I found out on Twitter I got traded cool but I still find that pretty well Blake didn't find out on Twitter Blake found out days before. well he said he found out on Twitter I I know but <laughs> uh, there's more was, I don't know if you guys saw this Andrew Han did some digging um I don't know if we've ever clarified this. Can I cuss on this podcast? We have been, so I mean, we've definitely been. Okay, good. Okay, good, good. Okay, so Andrew Hahn, um, who uh, produces the Hoop Collective podcast, works for ESPN. Uh, He's a big Clippers fan. um, And just this past week there, or like two days before the trade, uh, there was a Clippers fan that was like asking for Blake's autograph. He didn't get it the first time. Blake said, want to come back around. And then the, the fan was waiting there for an autograph and Blake was having a conversation with someone and Blake just lost his mind. He's just yelling. He's like, nine fucking years. I can't believe this bullshit. Fuck this. And like, he's just, and he storms off and right past the fan. He's mad. He throws his jersey. So they, they were in discussions yeah. for about six days there. So he found out that it happened and went through on Twitter probably, but, but he was more than yeah. aware that he was getting traded to yeah. the Pistons. I mean, his reaction would probably be the same. It seems like it was obviously the same. Regardless, like, he felt pretty much done dirty, I guess, if you will. Yeah, and he's probably getting dumped as a result of this. Like, Kendall Jenner is not moving to Detroit with The Motor City <laughs> with the Jenners. Yeah, I know there were so many memes about her just being like, yeah, about this. Whatever. Like, I feel yeah. on some level... Him and DeAndre could be fun, but uh, man, did you see uh, what Lolo uh, Jones uh, Andre, did to him? Oh, oh, why did I say DeAndre? People are always, including myself, making this mistake all the time between Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan. Like, That's just racism. Oh, of course. But uh, Lolo Jones commented on an Instagram picture, like that was announcing yeah. the trade or whatever. She's like, "Oh, good riddance. I went on a date with him once. Worst kisser ever." And it's like, man, you get traded from LA to Detroit, and then you got Lolo Jones on Instagram talking mess about you. Like that's gotta hurt. Yeah. Well, it definitely he's hurts me though. But I think he's gonna put. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, does this help Detroit? Like, is this? Is there any chance this is enough? Because I don't see it. But I mean, this puts both teams kind of on a treadmill to nowhere. Like. I think it's it's interesting for the Clippers. I think they got a good haul there, a good return. Um, I think they got cold feet about paying Blake when there's just no hopes of contending. Um, it would make them a better team potentially if they were keeping everybody, but I think there's still going to be a fire sale. Um, they're probably stuck with a Gallinari contract forever because I can't see anybody wanting that. Uh, for the Pistons, it makes sense to some extent. You, you got this new arena, you're trying to fill seats. There is no chance in hell a player like Blake Griffin would ever come see you and, and sign in free agency. Like, forget even sign. Like, they're they're not taking a meeting with Detroit. Uh, so you get Blake Griffin locked up for five years. I think him and Andre Drummond could be really interesting. Drummond's shown a lot of growth 
Uh, he's a superior offensive player to uh, DeAndre Jordan, and I think they could help out each other. The only thing that sucks for them is that they really emptied the cupboard uh, to, to get Blake. And they need shooting, they need role players, and they just don't have the means to do that now. I really like the front um, court of Stanley Johnson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond. That could be, like, like one of the best... Well, if Stanley Johnson... If Stanley Johnson... If Stanley steps up in the absence of those other players, it could be good. But he's been a disaster. Like, he's been really, really rough if he's playing a team other than the Cavs. And they're awful deep. Perfect. <laughs> Speaking about worst teams, and not literally the worst teams, because we didn't feel like, you know, wasting our time talking about that. But teams that were just going to fall through the standings and be bad. Like, who, you know, had potential and oh, I fell think off. I you guys both, you guys both had the same, pretty much. I'm pretty sure. We both I agreed said, on the same. Oh, I think I said Miami. No. No. Philly. You guys both had Philly, yeah. yeah. Phil kind of mentioned Boston. <laughs> of course <I> did. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, that worked out well. That worked out well. Number one seed in these, yeah, they're they're definitely on a spiral now. Uh, That's what you get for not believing in Kyrie. But see, then he yeah. covered his bases, and then he Stevens, threw Philly in there, fair. so covers everything. Yeah. Um, hey, so, can we start calling Brad Stevens like what the second best coach in this, like in the in the league now? Just because we're seeing the Brad Stevens effect and all these players leaving, be it Bradley, be it Crowder. Um... But those guys were regressing in Boston as well. Like that's one part of it. Um, I think it's absolutely fair to give him credit. Like I, I, I think say, it's Thomas is fantastic. Well, okay, he busted his hip. Like, Isaiah Thomas's numbers for the first month he's back look exactly like Kyrie's for the first month that he's he came back from his injury. Like, I, I don't think that it's fair to judge him yet. I'm not a fan, and I hope he gets moved in the next week. But that's unrelated to how he's looked. So I don't think it's fair to give that to Stevens. I think Stevens does a great job in the regular season. He maximizes the roster. Um, like, what they're doing this year with Kyrie... Orford and a first and second year player and then good role guys but guys that if they aren't put in the right system could be a nightmare um, I, I think it's truly truly impressive I'm not going to put him as okay he's number one or two type coach yet because when you're talking about those type of guys uh, it's coaches that have made adjustments in the playoff that get them out of rounds or, or out of situations where they're, where, where they're overachieving. And I don't think Boston's ever done that. Boston struggled to get by Chicago in the first round last year. Um, if it wasn't for Kelly Olynyk going absolutely bananas, Markeith Morris getting hurt, and Washington just having absolutely no bench, they, they don't make it past Washington. Like, that series never should have gone to seven, and it went longer than it needed to. And then they were just completely embarrassed by the Cavs in the conference finals. So until I see like that next tier, because I think it's two different animals. There's one, it's one thing to always be prepared in the regular season and to catch teams off guard. But when other coaches can game plan for you over the course of two weeks of a playoff series, 
and they can expose your weaknesses and you have to make adjustments. I need to see that from him. I, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying that I've just never seen that before. So I'm not I'm not putting him over Popovich. I'm not putting him over Carlisle. I'm not putting him over Spo and even Steve Kerr at this point. Oh, I like that you said Spo. I'm a big Spolster fan. But, okay. I love Spo. I might have to go... Uh, They're fourth in the East, man. That team sucks. Yep. <laughs> All right, I don't have to give them too, uh, uh, too much credit, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have years and years of watching Stevens in the playoffs, I'm quite sure. That's, that's a fair assumption. Speaking of the playoffs... <laughs> uh, oh, did I actually we... help your transition? <laughs> Hashtag yeah. segue. Finally didn't ruin something. Uh, speaking of the playoffs. Well, you did by talking our about last, um, Our last category <laughs> was Cavs' biggest competition. Could it be themselves? No, uh, it's not. They're struggling, though. But I don't know. Do you guys actually think that we're going to see again a Cavs-Warriors finals? Um, ask Because we were week. pretty certain of that, like, very certain at the end. Obviously, the beginning of the season, I think most people were that you were going to see another Cavs Warriors finals. At it, I feel like week to week, it kind of changes. I think we're both saying the same thing. We're kind of depending on the trade deadline mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people yep. right now who are looking at the Toronto Raptors and their depth yeah. and their execution. And so we'll, see, like, we'll shelf that can, for a week. Can you do yeah, that? Yeah, Toronto is my pick. I think I, I put them as the biggest threat in the East as well. Uh, in the preseason. Your official answer was Boston, sure. but Phil said, ah, and then Phil went with nobody. Okay, okay. And then That's, you know what? In all fairness, Boston would be the biggest threat if Gordon Hayward didn't break his ankle. Okay, so fair. So I feel like I get a pass, and that's the only thing I, I got wrong out of this week, so I'm pretty happy with my answers once again. But uh, right now, I'd say... Shot. Exactly. Gotta let it shine, baby. But, yes, uh, Toronto right now would be my favorite to make it out of the East. Um, I think what happens at the deadline is really going to shape how I feel about the Cavs. The other big thing is Kevin Love getting hurt. Um, Six to eight it's weeks good hurts. that, yes, it's good that it's not his shooting hand. He's still going to be able to keep his conditioning up. He's probably still shooting around a little bit, but he's not going to be in game shape. He's not going to be in rhythm, and he's going to be coming back a week or two before the. Yeah, playoffs. I think. Yeah, you guys so are right. That, We're really going to have to wait till trade deadline and sort of. Is it so possible? We'll come back. Uh, uh, that it helps value because you get to play Isaiah Thomas, maybe bump up those numbers. So if you are going to move them, like we both agree, we they kind of should. It's almost a blessing in disguise. Okay, but like at this point, there's six days until the deadline. Um, I don't know how. Like if Isaiah, like Isaiah had a great first, he had a great first game back, and if he had a great shooting game now, like that would be one thing. But I don't think that's enough to change the the perception of him around the league. Uh, that, that still, he's still an expiring contract, so that's going to naturally put you in a worse position. Um, there's very, very little likelihood that he's going to look great on Saturday because he's going to be going up against James Harden and Chris Paul. Uh, that's just not ideal. And um, yeah, I, I just I don't think one or two good games is going to dramatically change how his value is on the trade market like that just doesn't make sense that's not how uh front offices operate no, right. all right we'll wait and see on that i think our next episode will have to be all about the trade deadline then so we'll have to make sure we get all that in uh me, that'll uh, be good talking about trades maybe <laughs> yeah just, well just... no we're going to be talking about trades that yeah, actually, that actually happened, happened. Not hypothetical oh, real trades <laughs> 
<laughs> LeBron isn't getting traded to the Warriors next week, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. Well, well they it sounds like something room. out of Phil's world. Um, yeah. Anyways, thank you guys. Uh, it'll be an exciting episode next week for sure. After trade deadlines hopped in, see if there's any big moves. I'm sure there will be. Uh, so catch up with us next week, guys. Thanks for joining us, and everyone, thanks for listening. And remember to search Press Basketball on anywhere that you listen to podcasts and find the Break Podcast. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.